Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Anthony D'Alessandro. And this is the Deadline Podcast, Hero Nation. Today, we're talking about the Eternals box office results, Disney Plus Day Marvel series treats, and we're speaking with the director and writer of Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, Johannes Roberts. So let's start right away. So two years, Disney Plus. And Disney Plus is certainly having a day today, partially because the Walt Disney Company didn't quite meet some of their subscription uh, estimations earlier this week in their earnings report, quarterly earnings report, and the stock took a hit. So... As in anything in Hollywood, don't look here, look over there. They came back with Disney Plus Day, and they've been rolling out all morning a bunch of treats from Star Wars to a special Marvel, uh, to a, a Marvel special with looks at Hawkeye, Moon Knight, all sorts of stuff. Anthony, first of all, let's talk about the Eternals box office, because that did not perform well for Disney. That didn't show up on the Disney quarterly, but that'll show up on the next one. What do you think happened? Uh, look, I think that this formula that they have for taking an indie film director and giving them all the tools they need. An Oscar winning. And an Oscar winning. It just didn't work with Chloe Zhao. Um, it was a film way too long for an origin story film. I mean, let's keep in mind the Avengers movies were, were quite long. They were just trying to bite off more than they could chew. Some believe it's this this of everything should have been a Disney Plus series. And then it's very complex and Byzantine. Dominic, I, I don't know if you saw it. I didn't understand yeah. it. No, no disrespect. Look, but we had the screenwriters on last week and, and they were they were great. But as they said, they had to introduce 10 characters. There was actually talk of 12, two didn't right. make it. And then there was kind of like, you know, the credits scenes leading on to more just going to say the name Harry and move on. And, yeah. you know, I, I just think it's too much. I mean, I'm not a fan of origin stories. I actually think, I actually think this, and I think a lot of companies, I think Warner brothers and Disney slash Marvel have this wrong. If people are in the theater, they know who these people are, or they know how to figure them out. There has been decades of comic books about them. I think the, I've mentioned this before, not a fan of man of steel, but I am a fan of the way man of steel Almost from the get-go, you saw Henry in the suit with the red cape doing super stuff. And right away, you're like, that's why I'm here. Now, you go to Russell Crowe as Joel, and that goes on for 20 zillion years, et cetera, et cetera. But you at least start off with the, with the, with the premise of you're here to see a superhero in action. It's so difficult to tell these stories. And I do think at one point, they needed to have made two hard decisions. One less Eternals, because less is more. And secondly, shorter movie. Like it just is like- well, 
I don't know if you remember this, but back a few years ago, when the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out, you and I were under the impression that this is it. This is where Marvel kind of hits a wall. And because it was so deep universe, I mean, it started Tree, it started Raccoon, it started, you know, it was just crazy. A tattooed man who grunted. But he made a movie with a lot of heart. A movie that ironically, a lot of people would compared to Empire Strikes Back. Um, and so, and that's what this lacked. It lacked heart. Hmm. I think Marvel, the label that it is, the Criterion Collection of comic book, of comic books, can, can get away with introducing deeper universe stuff, but there's gotta be, there's gotta be heart, there's gotta be a hook. Um, speaking of which, you know, I'm thankful that we got to see looks of Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. But man, can you, can you just give us a trailer for crying out loud? Why does it have to be five seconds? There was an, uh, an extended look at Hawkeye for this, this new Marvel special, which, yeah. dropped on, which dropped on Disney+. And they, kind of, they didn't really tell anyone this was going to happen. They're like, boom. Again, I come back to, yes, it is two years since Disney Plus launched. That is certainly a real anniversary. But they have to be very hopeful that all these shiny baubles will keep people remembering the vast machine they have and forgetting the fact that the machine hasn't exactly been rolling so smoothly. Not altogether their fault, as any, any industry, Hollywood or otherwise, has realized during the pandemic, but still something which they're trying to catch up on. Now, for Disney, parks, cruises, there's a lot of other aspects of their empire that are still much more pandemic sensitive than box office. They need to have some wins. What they need, honestly, what Disney need is a hit. They need a real big hit. Shang-Chi really provided that. And it, it, it's easy to forget that over just the past, not more than three months, they have rolled out three Marvel big screen movies. They're about to now shift focus with series. Hawkeye is about to, to drop. And then there's going to be, as you said, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel. There's a whole bunch more. They they have a pipeline. And the pipeline is is full and rolling but winter is here, quote Game of Thrones, as everyone's doing lately. And you need to make sure the pipeline is full of gas because people want to be warm. And I think that that's where their problem is. They need to turn up the heat. With that, let's talk about the new Resident Evil, my friend. As you said, we have the director and writer of Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, Johannes Roberts. You know, you've taken a pretty big swing here. This is a franchise that people have been pretty familiar with now for literally decades. And you get, you're bringing it back with, with what's basically a complete reboot. What kind of challenges does that present to you? Um, the, I think the issue was not so much rebooting the film franchise. It was the, the, the tricky thing, the, feel, the thing that I feel the pressure on is... Uh, is the direction we chose and living up to that. So, you know, the previous franchise was, was very much Paul and Mila uh, and it was sort of bright, shiny sci-fi action. And it was its own thing that was not necessarily that close to the game uh, and was, you know, was hugely successful as its own world. And it sort of came to a complete arc and it, it nodded to the game, but didn't necessarily live and breathe the game. And when I came on, the whole reason to reboot this was not to, to just do the same again, was actually to go back to the games and to 
create something that was genuinely scary. Um, and, you know, the thing that I wanted to do, I'm a huge fan of the games, is I wanted to recreate the, the feeling of dread and terror I had as a student when I was playing the games, and as I still have now, I'm, I'm become more and more a, a gamer. Uh, you know, when I was playing, you know, recently Resident Evil 7 or, or the, the reboot of Resident Evil 2, I wanted to create that feeling on screen, that feeling of dread and terror. Um, and really faithfully put the game on screen, but make it its own thing. And that's where it gets, uh, that's where the pressure is, because you're, you're really tapping into something that people are very passionate about. Fans are super passionate about the games. And you, I wanted to be faithful and, 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 and really put on screen what I, as a fan, wanted to see. But then equally, it has to be its own thing. It has to live and breathe in its own world. It can't just be, you can't just put the game on screen. Otherwise you might as well play the game because you'll always get a better experience that way. This has to be its own world. And that's very that's nerve wracking, you know, because you're, you're you're putting this out there with to people that have a you know a lot of passion for this, and they're like, why why would you do this? Why would you do that? Why would you do this? And you have to really go for your gut instincts on it. Do you find that when for something like that? And sorry, Anthony, I know you were going to quickly ask something, but I just wondered, following up on that, do you find that that you you kind of scope out where the fans are on this and and where you need to go with it? You know, like you gauge. Well, I'm going to go this far, but I don't want to go too far because that might lose them. I, I mean, I guess there has to be an aspect of that aspect of that. But my, really, my, you have to work on your own beliefs, and you know, come it, come at it as honestly as possible. And I'm a huge horror nerd. I'm, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, horror fan uh, around, and 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 so. I love, I live and breathe this genre and I love the games and I, and I love horror. And so I, what I did is I, I feel that you can, it, it could be a dangerous thing to make a fan service movie. So the way I approached it is I am a fan. I'm going to make, I'm going to do what I believe is right for this franchise, what I would want to see. And, and I think that's, that's really the only way you can honestly sort of tell uh, a narrative like this and 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 put the game onto screen and then you know have fun with it i would love listening to you know while we were making it people would be see you know stuff would get leaked out of sets and stuff and i'd watch how passionate they got and it would excite me i would be like oh fuck, you know they're they're really they're they're into this let's let's push this even further and you know i'm i'm, a, I'm just a geek so i, I would just be like if people got super excited, it would get me excited to to be even more. You know, we were we were we were. It was sort of a roundabout. We we're almost sort of feeding off each other in a sense. Is is I would do something, the fans would get excited. I would then go, oh, okay, I'm going to top that, and it, that, you know, it would go round and round and round. So, yeah, it, it's a weird thing, but I would try not to base my decisions on what I felt other people wanted. Johannes, tell me about how you landed the gig. Did you go straight into Constantin? And with a lookbook and say, here's my vision. It's going to be like the games. It's going to be dark. And we're going to bring all the original characters back. No, it, it couldn't have been more different, uh, actually. is um, I, I've been a fan of the franchise 
for for a long time and i i know jeremy bolt the, the producer of the original franchise quite well and we we'd often chatted just been you know i i admire him as an english producer that's gone out and 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 been hugely successful and I, um so i knew the world very much and then i got this call from constantine uh to say hey look would you would you come in to the to the office and i was like yeah yeah sure and i came in and i actually only found out that i was in for resident evil while i was sitting there and just as as the guy was coming in to take me to the office my agent uh texted me and said oh i think this is about resident evil and i was like oh okay thanks for the heads up <laughs> and so i went in there and it was really just do you know what it was it was a personality thing is I sat in the office and we just, it's a German company, I'm half German. We, we have a strange odd sense of humor. We talked, you know, we would just, we just got and on. I love how you just kind of like nicely went over that. All yeah. sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna skate over a cultural <laughs> stereotype. <laughs> Um, so yeah it was a, just a meeting of minds and we um uh and they and, and you know they it sort of ended with with them going look we're we want to reboot the franchise we don't quite know what we're doing with it at the time they had a script that they had commissioned for a tv show and they said do you want to take a look at that and um i you know i looked at it and, and it was not the right direction to go in but I I knew I we just got on and I think in this job that's so much of it and you know they they really that they, they'd called me in because 47 had just come out and had had worked very well you know way beyond what anybody thought and it had really done I think what what they what Constantine were craving is is to is 47 had had connected with a domestic audience and and I think you know Resident Evil had become hugely successful still you know even with the final chapter, but it had kind of lost its domestic uh, uh, attraction. Like it, it it had become very much an international brand, and I think I think it was a lot of that was like, look, can we can we make it you know popular again in America and 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 really you know come to life for for a domestic audience um and so yeah it was it was really that was where it started and then do you know what it, it was probably a couple of months into the process where we just decided you know we were just talking and it's like look let's let's go back to the games this is what the fans want this is you bought me on I'm a horror guy I love horror I love I'm passionate about you know scaring people I'm passionate about the games let's let's you know rethink all of this and it it just so happened to coincide with capcom releasing rebooting the second game it hadn't quite hadn't come out yet so hmm. nobody knew quite what that was going to be or how big it was going to be and it was an interesting time resident evil 7 the game had 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 come out and it's now become absolutely massive at the time it hadn't quite it wasn't an instant success it was a kind of slow burn and which was unusual for the game which is unusual very yes and i think i think they they were concerned that maybe it wasn't working so they you know there was a thought at one point about going down the resident evil 7 route um and then it was like yeah maybe that's not 
landing as well as you know and it, I, this was before my my time on 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 the project and yeah so i was very much you know i'm a huge john carpenter fan and i wanted to just do the police state i wanted to do a song precinct 13 in the police station you know get, get back into 70s cinema and you know just all sort of came but it came very organically you know it wasn't like i sort of went in with a lookbook and said hey this is it here we go it just came from a group of people chatting constantly talking and and just having the same film references uh and i, I want to ask you a sec because you mentioned yeah. john carpenter and i yeah. know you've talked about this before what about escape from new york it feels it feels like the tone of that is in here a lot yeah do you know what it's not a movie i bring up often i've spoken about john carpenter a lot and i i don't often bring up escape from new york i'm it's i love the movie i'm i'm hugely influenced by assault and precinct 13 but escape from new york does have what what escape from new york has that i i really think i hope is through this movie is that slightly odd sense of humor that is that is through it it is quite funny at times again like i saw yeah. precinct 13 it is quite a funny movie um and that that definitely was was something that was very important to me um when when uh you know sort of telling the story here and then you know what visually yeah i mean it's uh, uh escape from new york is look it just looks so great <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's that's always it's always in my sort of fabric my dna is 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 that that period of carpenter is just so so wonderful to to watch tell us about landing kaya i mean Talk about the perfect actress to play Claire Renfield. I saw her in Crawl and she was amazing. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it's rem she's reminiscent of a, of a young Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad way to describe her. Yeah, I, um, uh, I'm very- Anthony has a skill for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am a, a good friend with, um, Alex Arger, who who had uh, directed Crawl, and we'd we'd done. He'd produced a movie I'd made a few years ago, and um, we had been talking. You know, I was in development of, of Resident Evil, and I I I spoke to him about Kai. I hadn't seen the movie yet, and you know, spoke to him about it. And then I saw the movie, and it, yeah, the movie blew me away. And I was like, look, I think she'd be great. What do you think? And he was like, yeah, you know, it, it just what I wanted is I wanted someone that it's very hard to describe that didn't feel very actressy i knew in 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 several different ways i knew this was going to be a brutally hard shoot like it was it was a small town four hours outside toronto it's all shot at night it was rain towers minus 10 it was height of the pandemic um it was going to be a brutal, brutal shoot. And I wanted someone that could get in there, roll up their sleeves and just, you know, carry this movie through in, in a way that I felt that would also bring their character to the forefront of the screen. You know, someone tough and like you say, like a young Scorny Weaver is, is a cool way to describe her. I'm sure she would love that. Um, and she was, she's just no nonsense. You know, that she, she, she was just, hilarious she's got a good humor very english 
um, and 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 just sort of got in there. And she became she just imbued her character. All I think all the things that are positive about her character, that kind of self sufficient, no nonsense kind of girl, you know, tough. That is her, you know, that is her. So, so it kind of worked very well. Johannes, what is next? Um, are you are you right now planning the sequel or are you gonna are you gonna pivot and do another project? I uh, w- w- with the sequel we you know, as as always, let's let's see, let's let's hope everything, you know, this connects with an audience um, you know, and 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 the world loves it. Um we've definitely been talking on on the future of Resident Evil and very active conversations have been had there. So we'll, you know, that that will hopefully be seen. And then, yeah, I, I have a, uh, uh, a movie called Not Polly that hopefully, um, uh, hopefully goes uh, very soon. It's a small movie that'll, that'll, that'll be a, a lot of fun. Uh, sort of a, a teen, Stephen King, if, if Stephen King wrote Mean Girls, uh, kind of movie that, that just just to have. I see that movie. I yeah, see that movie. yeah. I think I think it could be a lot of fun. So we're just casting at the moment there, uh, and then yes, there's a few things. There's a few things I'm just you know playing around with. Where is Polly set up? Uh, it's not. It'll be an indie. It'll be an indie. Okay. I want. It's it's like total total control. Um, uh, uh, it, it um yes yeah great. The, the other question I wanted you to reminisce about before we go is 47 meters down, Byron Allen yes. tells a phenomenal story yeah. about how he bought that movie from Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. He got it out of his clutches. Yeah. The trucks with DVDs of 47 meters down were headed to Walmart. Yeah. And while they were on the road, and I hope this is true, but this is the legend that remember, Byron Allen this story, has made. I'm just going to say, remember all the participants in this story. Use the word true-ish. <laughs> <laughs> but he got them. Byron says he got all the trucks to turn around and you had yourself a theatrical release. How, I mean, how does that feel as a filmmaker? What was you, Where were you in all of this? I yeah. mean, to get that phone call and know that you're not going direct to video. I mean, you yeah. probably did a cartwheel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I tell, I, I was there. I can tell you the exact of, of, of how how this how this went down. Is um, we we shot the movie and 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 worked with 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 Bob. We didn't work with Harvey at all, but we worked with Bob, uh, and uh, you know, finished the movie, and it was good. It uh, it worked well, and then suddenly we'd stopped hearing from them. And then one day, I I was waiting on an interview, you know, on a Skype interview. And I, as as, a, as you do as a filmmaker, you type in your own movie and see if any. And there was this article in in I think bloody disgusting going. The 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 movie's coming out direct to DVD next month, and I was like, nobody what? Nobody told me. And it was obviously devastating for me. And I went away writing with my uh, uh, script writing partner uh, in in Spain, and I and I said to him, "Look, this is what's happened. We talk about it now, and then we never mentioned this movie because the movie had been tough to make. We never mentioned the movie again. Okay, it's I don't want to speak about this movie ever again." And then while I was there, my producing partner James Harris called and he said, "Look, 
you know, we screened the movie and this guy, Byron Allen, Allen um, has loves it and he wants to he wants to buy it from Bob and he wants to release it. And it, it was literally coming out, you know, it was like, you know, in two weeks or something. And it was like, this this can't this can't be happening. And as it just as the, the week went on, it just became like, oh my, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. And then at the 13th hour, and by this point, I had come back to uh, to England, um, the finished writing, and I'd come back, and at the, literally at the last minute, everything fell through for whatever reason. And Bob sent all the DVDs off on trucks. And he sent it to Walmart, to Amazon, to wh wherever. But those trucks didn't get turned around. Those trucks got to their destination. The movie arrived in all the stores. It wasn't coming out till the next week, but the stores don't pay any attention to that. So the movie was out then. It was out, the, it had been called In the Deep then. The, the wine seats are called it In the Deep. And I, and I got this phone call from friends going, oh, I just bought your movie in Walmart. And I was, I was like, guys, this is, and, and the deal had then been signed uh, with Byron and Bob, but the movie was out, and and it was like, guys, you got to, what? What's going on? And I, I was obviously devastated. Um, they pulled the movie from everywhere, but it got out within two days. It was pirated, dubbed in Russian. It was everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. And I was like, oh my god, we're, this is dead. You know, we finally got our cinema. Talk about day yeah. and day, the yeah. actual day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is this is dead. We, we, the movie's finished. And I was like, they've just got to release it now as quickly as possible. And Byron went, no, I'm going to release it. He had a date. He had a summer date set next year in his mind. And he's like, I'm going to release it then. I was like, you can't do that. It's going to be every single person is going to have watched this. You wait a year? Are you crazy? And he was adamant. And he said, no, I am going to wait. This is the perfect summer day. It was literally a year after the shallows to the day that uh, that he picked. And he did it. And he held to his guns. And it's wow. one of the most fascinating things. He reverted back to the original title, 47 Meters Down. And do you know what? People were telling us all the time, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Even at the premiere, when I went to the premiere, the guy, the bookings guy that books the film told me, no, nah, it's dead. It's tracking so badly. You're finished. And it was awful. Oh. I just wanted to, I was in my own premiere and I just wanted to go home. I was like, oh, this is awful. And then the movie came out and it just connected in a way. It's, a, it's an unbelievable story. Um, and it's, I have to say, you know, he 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 had uh he had a <laughs> just a confidence that is is unbelievable and it just it it yeah it paid off what was interesting about it is it really showed me that people that pirate movies because it had been pirated everywhere people that pirate movies are not the people that come out to the cinema and the people that come out to the cinema want to go you know they they it had been out you know, you could have streamed it. It had been out forever, but 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 people wanted to go and see that movie. It connected with an audience that wasn't being served, I think. Crazy times, crazy, crazy times. Wow. Fantastic. Johannes, we have to say thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real pleasure. 
Um, the movie's coming out really, really soon. Guys, I mean, Resident Evil is a tough one. You know, Resident Evil is a tough one because it, people really, really know it. But honestly, I think on November 24th, you're going to see a new kind of Resident Evil. And it's going to be something to see. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I <laughs> really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast, Hero Nation. Now, make sure you listen to us every week. Sometimes we miss a week, but make sure you listen to us every time we're on here, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, so you never miss an episode. So what am I telling you? Subscribe, 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 subscribe. And of course, you can find all of our breaking news coverage of TV, film, business, and everything affecting our industry at Deadline.com. We will see you guys next week. Stay super. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.